0: Uh, Next week, just so that you will be aware, parents, uh, Nick will be uh, sharing with you, and he is going to talk about, in Proverbs, there's numerous places that it talks about the importance uh, of regular intimacy uh, in a marriage. And so if you uh, don't want your kids here, that's fine, or be ready to answer questions afterwards. Uh, I know my son, and he uh, does not hold back. So... (laughs) Uh, How many of you in here have a concealed weapon permit? Raise your hand. Okay, get them high. Keep them up for a second. Uh, We had about 60 the first service we have here. We're pretty protected in this place here. How many of you, with your hands up, how many of you keep them up if you've had to pull your weapon to use? it? Okay. And the rest of you have pretty much lied. And that is it. We have a concealed weapon, and I, I labeled this talk today Weapon of Mass Destruction. And the more that I've thought about it, the more that I read, the more that I studied, the, it just kept coming and pounding at me. And I realized that every single one of you and myself carries a concealed weapon. And that weapon is more devastating than, I think, the weapons of mass destruction. It is what starts us having to look for and use weapons of mass destruction. It's what basically hurts and penetrates the souls of every person, and that is our tongue. We have, within our ability, a tongue that can curse and tear down and a tongue that can bless, and yet we go around with no permit to carry it. I hope today, by the time we're done, you'll have at least three different things that will af- af- affect you. One, I do want you to know the power that you hold in your tongue, in your mouth, and the devastation that Bi- the Bible calls it a sword. It calls it a fire. It calls it a poison. It says it spreads gangrene. For those of you now wondering, this is you don't know the props I go through just to get here. See, that's... Uh, <laughs> I had a doctor and i had been working on skin cancer and I've had probably 80 different cuts on my body and this time we decided with a new method that not only was it a cream that would cause your immune system to attack the cancer we got another vitamin that would mix together and leave no results those of you in the back can't tell but it's ugly that Nancy said you should stay in you know and yesterday uh, kids would look at me and, and they'd say is that a Halloween costume to their parents and uh, no it isn't. Uh, But it it is kind of a perfect example if you take a look at this face, uh, you will see that what happens when the cream goes on your face, this type of cream it actually triggers, it causes a target for your immune system to attack if you have a cancer cell. If you don't have cancer, it doesn't do anything. So all that you see is would be cancer. But the thing is when you put it on your face you put it, I just put it on these spots here, it grows like gangrene. And the cancer touches another cancer, and that f- triggers another cancer. And pretty soon I had to stop because they were getting in my eye. And I finally had to stop the f- procedure because it was getting so painful. And God said, this is exactly what I'm talking about, is their talk, their speech will grow like gangrene. That word literally means today like cancer. It spreads amongst the body. You think that your words that you say in private are hidden in private. They're not. They go, they go, they travel, they penetrate, and they start doing this to the body of Christ until the body looks like this. It's not hidden from this church. We do it all the time. We do it in our homes. We do it in our marriages. We do it in our business. We do it wherever we go. We think that this weapon that we use is harmless it never remains silent. We're going to look at what God says about even the whispers that you whisper. What they do and the impact they have not only on you that comes back and haunts you later on, but the impact they have on your brothers and your sisters until pretty soon we destroy ourselves. I want you to see that also as we look through the scriptures and you see over and over nowhere in any book More than Proverbs does he warn us against the tongue. He said it is a horrible thing. It brings ruin. It brings destruction. It brings division. Uh, It it destroys life. We have this thing, and we don't even realize we carry this. And so I want you to, to at least see the danger of it and also see when you think something is harmless that you say and you go away, it didn't stop when you went away. It starts to grow, and the Scripture says it actually will produce a life of its own that spreads like gangrene, and it will destroy those along the way until pretty soon, it says, it will come upon your own head. Nobody escapes the tongue. I read an article the other day, a book, and... the interesting part of this, he says this, much of the time our tongue shows how sinful we are. The tongue tells on you. When the tongue is bridled, it is an indicator of the measure of lordship uh, to Jesus Christ that's exercised in our life. The tongue tells all. You may fool some people and ourselves some of the time, but sooner or later your tongue will betray you. And everyone will know what you're really like. It tells on you. Interesting comment that it tells on you. The Bible says that watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it will flow the springs of life, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, put away from you a deceitful mouth, put devious speech far from you. The wicked conceals his wrong and his violence. A fool's lips will bring strife, his mouth will call for blows. A fool's fool's mouth is his rune, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Over and over and over, we can go through, and you'll see gobs and gobs of things about your tongue. And here's the deal I want you to be careful with today. Most of the time, when I talk about some of this stuff today, and I know this can be kind of solemn, I promise you, it does get better. I made a mistake at the early service and I said, I am told by my same doctor that in a few weeks this will I'm supposed to say it will be skinned like a baby's butt. I said this face will look like a baby's butt. <laughs> Somebody says it already does. <laughs> the end of this we have within our ability, within our reach. We have the ability to take that which has soured the waters, that which has bittered the waters. We have within our ability to make peace flow and actually revival take place by the very act of our destruction with our tongue. By the time we're done today, we are going to be challenged to go ahead and turn this around so that out of the mouth will not just come blessing and curses where it says, how can this be so? How do you bless the God of the universe and then curse the creature that it's made? He's made, but we will be able to go ahead and turn this around and see unbelievable good come out. You and I hold this in our hands, and I want you to leave today knowing you have this potential. I have this potential. Some of us are just free lipped, it just comes off, and everybody sees, and the tongue towels on us. Some of us think it's not so bad because we just whisper in quiet. And God says they both are alike. They both come back on you. They will both catch you. They catch you and they make you pay. What it says is this. When you whisper and gossip and slander and say things that tear down a brother or do not edify and build up a brother or sister in Christ, it says ultimately God says I will let it catch you. Meaning if This, what you've said, will come back upon your head. And God says, I will sharpen my arrows. I will draw my bow. I will grab my sword and make sure that what you've said will come back upon you. Not as punishment, but as proof. To purify our tongues. He knows the devastation of our tongues. He wants a body that is speaking pure, a body that feels safe with each other, a body that feels it can fall, it can fail, it can just flop, and the body doesn't speak ill of it. He says that kind of body is so contagious it draws people to it in such a way that people run to that type of love. And that type of love covers a multitude of sins. That's my hope today, my prayer today, is that when we leave That if we can go ahead and grasp the danger of it, to flee from it, to, to escape it, and then to embrace how do we turn this around. A warning right off the start, and then we'll also warn at the end. It says, every kind of animal, every type of sea creature, every type of bird, every type of living creature has been tamed and can be tamed by human man, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a deadly evil full of restless poison you cannot tame it folks you've tried it I will not I will not I will not while you're doing it you're just like the Apostle Paul when he's God says you know Paul don't covet anymore and he says then all of a sudden God said don't covet now I covet of every kind the very thing I don't want to do I end up doing we're gonna show you that you cannot tame your tongue we can Do some things that will help it. We can do some things that will turn this to good, into gold. And it says it will turn that which was bitter into sweet living water. You and I have that potential today. In your marriages, in your homes, in your church, in your business, wherever you go. We hold that. So whether you know it or not, you're all carrying. That's a term for people carrying guns for some of you that didn't know uh, what is it called? Packing. Are you packing? I've got to get my words right. Maybe my wife would have let me because I told my wife I'm carrying today. And she grabbed me and she said, you cannot go. And I have my pistol. And she said, you cannot go. And I said, I'm carrying. If I was at packing, I might have got away with it. Yeah. All right. So I am not packing. I'm trusting a bunch of you are. <laughs> okay. Also, it talks about the, the tongue that tells on you. And one of the things I think that we need to see is, why does it tell on you, is because when you come to a place where you uh, have some conviction, you, God gets a hold of you, and by God saying, um, it's coming back on you, and normally how that happens is your mouth brings forth pain in your own life the majority of your pain not all the majority of your pain and my pain is not caused by the circumstances most of the time it is caused by your and my judgment and our tongue our own pain brings back and our judgment brings back the pain by the way that you have judged you will be judged not by God but by other people Do you notice that people are what hurt you most of the time of your life circumstances come and you can say okay I mean, this whole deal on my face, there was a lot of time. It was painful this week. And it just swelled up where I couldn't hardly see through my eyes. But you know what? It just doesn't feel like when a brother cuts me to my soul. Nothing like it. And so, as you begin to see this judgment, and then God brings you and makes you aware and brings conviction, and you say, wow, and so you bend before God and you bow and you say, God, I've been wrong. I have confessed falsely before you, and I ask you for forgiveness. And you you know what he says to you? He says, stand up. Hold your worship. Go make right who you just wronged with your tongue. Do not bring your worship before me till you've made right but you've wronged your repentance doesn't just end with you saying sorry god if i go ahead and slander donovan to somebody else and i'm saying all kinds of things about donovan and then what happens is god brings repentance to my heart I don't just say, oh, sorry for slandering Donovan. I have to go to the person that I slandered Donovan's name, and I have to go and say, I was wrong against a brother. Not only was I wrong by saying it, I was wrong in my choice because what I said is not fully true. Because you, oh, oh, you don't share what's fully true. You only share what makes you look good and them look bad. That's why he says the lying tongue will catch you. If you lie, you will be caught by it. So then I have to make right not only that I slandered somebody over here, but then they've talked about Donovan and they talked about Donovan. I'm busy running around and making right the people that I have offended because I spoke against a brother. Why do you want to live like that? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. There's a difference in Proverbs that says between slander and gossip. Slander sometimes, it's an interesting thing. Isn't it amazing how we will define words by what we're not doing? Oh, they gossip all the time. Well, we're slandering over here. Well, at least I'm not a gossip. Or the one over here is that um, they slander those people. They, the slander means to lower the reputation and the image of another person. But I'll gossip. I'll gossip over in this circle. Both of those alike have the same end. They bring destruction. They bring ruin. And you will be caught by it. You will have to go make it right. People that say that they've been, I'm forget, I'm just going ahead and I'm going to turn my ways. The way you see if they turn their ways is if they go and they make right who they slandered so that that reputation no longer is slandered but it's built up. And now you think more of that person. Pastor Steve and I would meet with Pat every Monday, and we'd meet and we'd talk about things. And occasionally, uh, our tongue would not be bridled as it should have been. And there would maybe be during that couple hour session that maybe we would have brought up somebody's name. And in bringing up that name, you know, when you talk about somebody and it's like a bitter taste in your mouth, it doesn't taste good when you leave. You know that feeling? You just feel like vomiting when you're gone. Like, why in the world did we go there? I, I, I love this about Pastor Steve. If we ever did that, within 24 hours, I would get a phone call from him, and he would say, I was wrong in what I said about this person. Please forgive me. That was really not a fully true statement. And you know what it did to me? It made me love Steve all the more. He looked all the more godly to me. Because he could bend his knee like that. And when we would do it to him, the same. You see, the thing is, we can turn this stuff around. We can turn it around. They tell me, they, my doctor, I have to be careful that he's not here. <laughs> no, he's a great, he's a great doctor, and we're experimenting together on some things. But that this is all going to be smooth and just actually better skin than it was before. It's going to have ridden itself from all the cancer, and it will be better skin, all new skin. That's the same possibility, it says, in this. Now, I want you to listen. Don't turn your Bible. You can look later. But I want you to listen to what God said through his disciples and put down on paper. In James chapter 3, the first 18 verses. Just listen to what it says. Let my, not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we shall incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now if we put the bit into the horse's mouth so that you may obey it, it may obey us, we direct their entire body. Behold, the ships also... Though they're so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires it goes. So also the tongue. It's a small part of our body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. The tongue is a fire. It's the very world of iniquity, and the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body, and it's set on fire the course of your whole life, and it's set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird and reptile and creature in in the sea is tamed and has been tamed by a human man, but no one can tame this tongue. It's a restless evil, and it's full of deadly poison." With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse the men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree produce olives or vine, produce vines, figs? Neither can salt water produce fresh. It says this kind is bitter, jealousy, selfish ambition and it's arrogant and you lie this wisdom is demonic now God Jesus says in Matthew he says be cautious watch out for your heart for from your heart flows these things I want you to stop here and pay attention to this if you do not catch this part you will not be able to calm or tame some of your tongue out of your heart flows The mouth speaks out of the heart. And here's what that means. What is it that you hold on to? What is it that you so hold dearly that you will do anything to keep it? A friend of mine that's passed away, Bill Gillum, used to call it his darling spot. What's your darling spot? Is it your image? Is it your image that you will hold on to so much that you will lie to protect it? You will even to protect it, you'll even slander somebody else so their eyes will be off of you? Is it your reputation? Is it your money that you will say things and cheat and rob to go ahead and get what you want? Is it your family? Is it your beliefs? Is it your doctrine? Your doctrine you hold on so tightly to that you will tear and bite and devour one another over doctrine issues? Is it your children? Here's a big one. Somebody attacks your children, it's amazing what will happen. We sometimes have a chain reaction in our home. If somebody attacks the the grandchildren, my wife goes crazy, so therefore... I go crazy because my darling spot can be my wife. What's your darling spot? It's very, very important you ask God and get honest with yourself. What is it that I hold so dearly that if it was taken from me, I don't know that I would make it? Because it will cause out of your mouth to come the most bitter things you've ever seen. And it's important that you find what it is in your heart. And he says, watch over your heart. Renew that. Take it captive to the obedience of Christ. Hold it captive because out of your heart man speaks that which is evil. You can't just stop speaking. You've got to find where your heart is. David did this in foolish ways and he... And the Apostle Paul did it in foolish ways where they both even said, I'm being a fool to what I'm saying. David began to envy all kinds of people, and they were getting rich, and they were getting, in that day, it was good to get fat, or at least that was him. He said, They're fat, they're rich, they're, they're getting everything. You keep blessing them. What am I doing? Am I believing on you for no reason whatsoever? And he just kept saying things against them and saying things against them. And then he said, And then he examined his heart. And he came to a conclusion that gave him uh, a name that God said, this man, I like this man. I love his heart. And he said this, who have I in heaven but you, God? Who have I on this earth but you? You alone have become the desire of my heart. Nothing else satisfies but you. And because if you are my heart's desire and you are who satisfies and what gives life to me, therefore nothing can be taken from me that you do not replace so therefore I don't have to let words come out I don't have to defend myself do you know what your response and my response is supposed to be when somebody says something evil against you or maybe somebody says something evil against somebody you know or maybe something that you're supposed to step in and defend Jesus says this in 1st Peter chapter 2 he says If you suffer for doing wrong, what credit is there? But what if you did what was right, or at least in your eyes you did what was right and you suffer for it? This finds favor with your God. He says, For I, Jesus Christ, left you an example to follow my steps. Follow what I'm about to say to you. Although I had no sin ever in my life, while I was being reviled, I never reviled in return. I never uttered any threats. I never defended myself. I kept quiet. I hushed my mouth. And I entrusted myself to the God and Father who will judge righteously. And that was our example. That's your example. That's my example. Is we keep our mouth shut. And we say, God, you defend me. If I'm wrong, then bring it to me so that I can make it Right. If not God says I will vindicate the innocent not only in the age to come but in this world as well. Your tongue will tell on you. It will all come out. I believe we have an opportunity right now to turn and to turn this thing around. The scripture says that a righteous tongue, a righteous tongue is like a honeycomb. It's sweet to the soul, healing to the body. It brings pleasant words. We, we have that. It says the righteous man ponders. He ponders before he thinks what about to say. He ponders and listens to it. And he says, is this going to build up? Is this going to edify my friend Donovan? Is it going to build him up? Or does it possible, possibly reduce his reputation? If it builds up, then I let those words come out because it says it'll be a honeycomb, sweet to the body. But it says also possibly healing to his body. It means when somebody says good words about you, it's amazing how good you feel. And somehow endorphins are released, and you begin to actually, sick people can feel better. You and I possess this. It says it's a healing tongue. The righteous tongue brings forth healing. The righteous tongue brings life. The righteous tongue is edifying. It encourages. And we have this ability within our reach to do that in closing I want you to to do this the best thing that you can do about anybody and their problem is take care of you and your problem that's all you need to worry about God's a very good God he does what he needs to do if you think somebody needs discipline why don't you let God take care of it he does a pretty good job And the thing is, we have the ability to repent. And when it comes to repentance today, in the next 24 hours, I would ask you to do yourself a favor, to say this. This is a scripture verse that says, Search me, O God. Holy Holy Spirit, search me. Know my heart. Know the condition of my soul. Bring into the open the slander or the words that I have spoken against somebody that has brought harm against them. Forgive me for that. Now, Holy Spirit, bring to mind who I need to go and repair that. And going and repairing that, go with the spirit of humility. It says at the end of that verse in James, it's, and I love this part in James, it says, For the wisdom from God above is pure, it's peaceful, it's gentle, it's reasonable, it's full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without any hypocrisy. And this seed that you bring forth in righteousness will sow peace and peace will be upon all those around you if you will go ahead and do this we could have a revival in this congregation and especially as we have a new man coming here to step in and have a place where we are united as one because our tongues have been guarded our tongues have been shown they've been revealed And remember, you'll slander every once in a while, then make it right. Go and make it right. And go give fruits out of your mouth. In closing, this is a a proverb that I wanted you to hear. It says in uh, Proverbs 3, And the Holy Spirit will put something within you, a compliment. He will put a compliment and something that you are to say good about somebody. And when he puts it there, they're the rightful beneficiary of that compliment do it now. Give the compliment now. If you do that, you will not be cursing that person. It's impossible to do both. When I get greedy and think that God is cheating me uh, and my money is going down and I'm just getting horrible and I start picking and seeing what people have, the only way to break that greed is not by saying, don't be greedy, don't be greedy. The only way is to say, God pour your life through me and show me where I'm supposed to be giving and I get crazy about finding people. I'm looking all day for people to give to. Do you know when I do that, I stop greed immediately? You can stop the cursing. I can stop the cursing by bringing blessing with your tongue. Would you pray with me? Father, I know this is a heavy topic and yet with it, I pray that you would leave us with the joy of the life of the topic. That our tongues, yes, they can be fires and they can be filled with poison. But, Father, you said they also are a healing balm. They have within it, we have within it the ability to bring life, to bring healing. To turn away, it says, the demonic. By the power of our tongue that the demons will shudder. That if we will just speak that which you put on our heart that is good and edifying and building up of people, we will put an end to the slander and the gossip that comes from these tongues. We cannot do it, Holy Spirit, unless you just pour your life through us. But I pray that we would be sensitive, first, to your conviction, and second, we would be sensitive to your calling us to bring forth fruit from our mouth. And we're going to trust you to do it throughout this whole week. Give us ears to hear